Hey everyone, welcome to the Overflow Podcast, where pastor, author, speaker, and consultant Jim Stern explores various benefits and blessings of life lived in the overflow of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit's love. There is so much to discover, to learn, to feel, and to see when God goes first and we live in the overflow. No Moss Grandma. No Moss Grandma. We are in a third of three uh, episodes of uh, looking at generational issues. What are generational issues? How do we deal with them? What does generational freedom look like? Uh, how can we be freed from those in our generational lines that, perpetual, that perpetuate unhealthy lives and unhealthy lifestyles. We've done a lot of work over the past uh, two episodes. If you haven't listened to them, I would highly encourage you to go back and listen or watch or read uh, any of the past uh, two overflow sessions that we have uh, that we've worked through. One last episode that's going to give us a real clear biblical story of how to how to uh, walk in. We're going to get six steps of how to walk in generational freedom. This is going to come out of 2 Chronicles 15, 16, in part. 2 Chronicles 15, 16, from the life of a guy named King Asa. King Asa, uh, Judean king, king of the southern kingdom of Judah. Uh, and his name is King Asa. When he comes to power, he wants to make sweeping reformational change, uh, both in his kingship and in the land of Judah, from what his dad did. King Asa's dad was another one of our dipstick kings. There's a bunch of them. Uh, Dipstick kings by the name of Abijah. Abijah was not a good king. He allowed for uh, a lot of Baal worship and Asherah worship that we'll talk about just a little bit to infiltrate and proliferate around the land of Judah in direct defiance of Yahweh. Uh, the one true God of Israel. Uh, Our guy Asa comes to power and wants to go in a completely different direction. He wants to walk in the ways of his father, David, his quote unquote father, David. David, not the biological father of Asa, but the father of the lineage, uh, the one to whom Asa is going to look to for the correct way to live. Uh, Asa comes to understand that in order for him to do that for himself and for his country, he is going to have to take some pretty strong generational stands in his family line. This is some some pretty nasty stuff and direct confrontation uh, that he is going to demonstrate for us and model uh, for us in order for us to walk in uh, generational freedom. Second Chronicles 15, 16. 2 Chronicles 15, 16 says this about the particular reform in Asa's life that has to do with his generational line. 2 Chronicles 15, 16 says this. He, King Asa, also removed this lady named Ma'aka, Ma'aka, the mother of King Asa from the position of queen mother because she had made a horrid image as an Asherah and Asa cut down her horrid image, crushed it, and burned it at the brook Kidron. Burned it at the brook Kidron. Now, the scripture says that Mecca is Asa's mom, but 
In the Hebrew, the word for mother and grandmother is exactly the same. So there is no particular word for grandmother. The scripture would say mother of the mother or father of the father. Uh, uh, and so what we know about Meekah is that she is the mother of Asa's dad, of Asa's dad, making her, making Meekah, uh, Asa's grandmother. And because the name Maica is such a bizarre name, I'm not going to call her Maica anymore. I'm just going to call her Grandma. Uh, grandma in Asa's life was a massive problem, a massive problem. And the scripture says, let me reread this in light of grandmother. Let me reread 2 Chronicles 15, 16. Asa removed his grandmother, removed his grandmother, the mother, his grandmother, from the position of queen mom, the position of queen mother. She had taken on the position of queen mother. She's exerting queen motherly influence, not only in the generational line, but also in the country. She had taken on that title and she is wielding that power. What's she doing with that power? Well, she gets removed. Grandma got removed because she had made a horrid image as an Asherah, made a horrid image of an Asherah. She was an active Baal worshiper. Asa's grandmother was an active Baal worshiper and a, a, a one who built and prayed to Asherah poles. Asherah poles are wooden poles in the image of uh, the fertility goddess Asherah. And people would have these poles everywhere and they would worship them and believe that prosperity would come in their lives because of their worship of an Asherah pole. Forget about Yahweh, forget about his faithfulness, forget about all the things he'd done in the life of Judah to bring them out of slavery of Egypt and all of the wonderful things that, that Yahweh had done for them in the promised land. Uh, uh, Maica, Asa's grandmother, and even Asa's dad, Abijah, forsook all of that, forsook all of that to worship Baal, a false god, and to establish Asherim, Asherim, all throughout the land of Judah. Asa says, I don't want any of this crap. What a bunch of garbage and junk. My family line has passed on to me a bunch of garbage and junk. I don't want any of this. I want to go in the way of, I want to go in the way of King David. I want to go in the way of King David. So, uh, in order for uh, Asa to experience generational freedom in his family situation, he's going to have to be able to say, no mas, grandma, no mas, grandma. And so let me walk out the, the, the sequencing of Asa's liberation. Let's walk out the sequencing of Asa's liberation, and then we're going to map it onto our potential circumstances. Okay, so Asa's liberation first. Asa identifies a healthy, truthful model. First, Asa identifies a healthy and truthful model. He does this when the scripture says that Asa chooses to go in the ways of the king of David, the king David, not his dad. So Asa is rejecting the way of his dad. He's rejecting the way of Abijam, his dad, to go in the way of, of King David. So because of that, because of Asa identifying in the ways of David, he's able to see all this generational trash in his life. He's got a standard He's got a standard of healthiness that he can look to that now helps him understand how poisoned and toxic the generation, uh, the, the generational line that he has been raised in, how poisoned and toxic that is. So the first thing he does is he identifies a healthy and truthful model. Secondly, he identifies who the person or persons are in his generational line that is wielding the negative power. Who is the person in, in Asa's life is only one person. Who is the person who's wielding the negative power? In, in, in his life, it's his grandmother. 
Grandmother is exerting all of this familial pressure, family line pressure with, of poison and toxic, toxicity. Third, and this, is, this, is, this can be really hard sometimes. Third, he identifies the specific toxins that she is spreading. It's not just that grandma is enthroned and she's doing bad stuff. It is that Asa is identifying what is the particular bad stuff. And in the life of his grandmother, it's her Baal worship and her worship of these Asherim. Of these Asherim. So thirdly, he identifies the specific toxins. Fourth, he removes grandma from a position of power. Yikes. We'll talk about this more in a minute. He kicks her out. Grandma, no mas, you're out. Fourth, kicks her out. Fifth, he destroys her way. He destroys her ways. He destroys her poisons. The scripture says that Asa cut it down, cut down the ashram. It's a wood statue. Remember, it's a wood statuette. He cuts down the wood statue. He crushes it and he burns it. He's not fiddle-faddling around with this, well, you know, but grandma was nice. Oh, this really wasn't all that bad. He destroys it, crushes it, burns it. That poison is gone. I want want nothing to do with it, number five. Number six, and this is crucial, Asa enthroned the Lord and embraced the ways of the Lord. Embraced the ways of the Lord. Uh, Because Asa's work to cut off, because Asa did the work to cut off his generational line, he was able to live in in, in the flow of Yahweh's life for him. Yahweh, the one true God of Israel, had life for Asa. He had life for the people of Judah underneath the leadership of Asa. But in order for Asa to experience that, the healing work, the the restorative power of Yahweh in his life, and then be a king that could pass that blessing on to his people, he had to do nasty, unfortunate generational work. It's just the the family that he was born into. Uh, Make no mistake. Make no mistake. Generational lines are powerful, powerful forces. Now, they can be powerful forces to the good, to the good, we can pass on all sorts of generational goodies to our kiddos, all sorts of generational goodies to our kiddos that can build them up. But they can also be generationally to the bad, to the negative. Generational blessing can come. Generational cursing can come. Generational building up can happen, but generational destruction can happen as well. As adults, as adults, you and I, we must examine our family lines underneath the lens of the love of our Father and allow the Holy Spirit to to identify and expose generational strongholds so that we can experience liberation. I regularly, regularly work with brothers and sisters, people who have given their lives to Jesus, who are stuck in bondage. They are stuck in bondage and they do not know why they're doing the Bible study thing and they're doing the church thing and they're doing the giving thing. They're going on mission trips. But man, they don't feel the life. They don't feel the abundance. They don't feel the streams of living water. And they don't understand why. We start talking about generational issues, draw out some generational maps. We look at the life of Asa. Uh, we look at the life of Jotham that we've looked at before or uh, uh, Jehoram that we've looked at before. And we look at these lives and, and, oh, I didn't know anything about generational issues. And so often the bondage that we experience, that which is keeping us away from the fullness of life in the Lord Jesus Christ are generational issues in our lives that we must open up to in great sobriety as adults and understand that the, the things that we were raised underneath may have been good to the blessing, but may have been ser- severely toxic and still at work robbing us of the life that God our Father has for us. And so... In the same way with Asa, it was wildly unfortunate that his dad was a turd and his grandmother was was exercising 
generational poison. It's unfortunate that that's in the life of Asa. Nevertheless, it's the hand that Asa was dealt with. And if Asa wants freedom, this is the direction in which, in which he's got to go. And so let's take Asa's steps and map them onto our lives. Map them onto our lives. Now, while his steps, steps may not map 100% onto your situation, you're going to find some wisdom in here, biblical wisdom in here, that can, that can help you in ways forward for yourself. And then also my prayer is that you will encounter this in such a way and it will be so easily understood that not only for yourself that you can begin to offer this to other people that you have opportunity to minister to as well. Maybe in people in your own family line, but certainly people outside of your family line who are doing with, dealing with their own generational issues and life can happen. Life can spread all over the place. Uh, in, in the joy of the Lord. So let's let's walk through these steps in our lives. Step number one, steps to generational freedom. Number one, embrace who you are and whose you are. You got to embrace who you are and whose you are. If you've given your life to Jesus, if you've given your life to Jesus, you are a beloved child of the one true God. You're the beloved child of a one true God. You are worthy. Jesus, your new brother, is the King of kings and Lord of lords, and you are a temple of, of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God himself rests inside of you. You do not confront or deal with generational issues alone or in your own power. Make no mistake, generational issues generational issues are too intense. They're oftentimes too deep, too dark, too uh, fear-producing, too emotional for you to deal with on your own. And praise be to the Lord in the name of Jesus. You don't have to. You don't have to. We deal with these steps that we're going to walk through. We deal with generational issues in our life in the flow of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it's a great benefit that we have. First, embrace who you are. Embrace who you are and who's you are. Secondly, identify who the person or persons are. Identify who the person is or the persons are in your generational line who is wielding influence in your heart and mind. Who are they? You, you can have multiple people that negatively affect you in different areas of your life. You can have one person that dominates the entire thing. You can have multiple people who affect you in one area of your life. It's, it can be a mess. It can be a mess. Who are the people in your family line that poison you? Will you write down their names? Will you write down their names? This stuff gets so messy in our heads and our hearts. It can be very challenging to keep it all straight unless we write it down. One of the ways that I've been able to unlock so much generational juice out of 1 Kings, 1 Kings is because I write it down. I write down all of these Jehoshaphat, Jehoram, Ahaziah, Joash, Amaziah. Now, who did this guy marry and what's her family line? And I'm writing it all down because I write it all down. It's much easier to see. As you identify who the persons are in your life, write them down. That's number two. Number three, identify the generational issues. Identify the generational issues. Is the, is the issue generational criticism? Is it pessimism? Is it generational anger? Is it generational fear, pride, sexual morality, anxiety, depression, occult, superficiality, judgmentalism, gluttony, or something else? Something else. When identifying generational issues, now we're not looking for microscopic straining of gnats. We're looking for issues that have wrought destruction in our family lines. When we are exposed to this, when our eyes are open to the reality of generational issues, they won't be hard to see. They, they won't be hard to see. And it certainly won't be hard for other people to be able to see them in our family lines. Most oftentimes, our spouses. Write the generational issues down. Connect the generational issues to the person whose name you put down in step number two. Step number two. Step number four. Step number four. Remove the person from power. Remove the person from power. Now, 
Asa confronted his grandmother directly and removed her from the position of queen mother. You may or may not have to confront them directly, but a dramatic change must happen in the relationship. Dramatic change must happen in the relationship. These circumstances get so specific that, that one of the most helpful ways in determining is a direct confrontation necessary or not is by gaining counsel, asking other people in your sphere whom you trust in the Lord, uh, uh, pastors, Christian counselors, veteran followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, and tell them your story, tell them what you're up against, and tell them the direction in which God our Father, you feel like God our Father is leading you in, and ask for help in discerning whether or not a direct confrontation is um, uh, uh, is warranted. Unfortunately, oftentimes, because of the volume of generational poison that we have taken in, oftentimes, finding generational freedom will require taking some extended break, some period of time where we are not interacting with these people at all. If we can do it, if the person is dying or near death and that's in an inappropriate time to do that, but if they're not and situations will allow it, most oftentimes it's required that we sever that relationship or that we at least take a significant pause or break. I got to take six months. I got to take a year. I got to take two years or start off with six months, start off with a month where we're just backing out of the relationship, graciously backing out of the relationship, not in anger, not finger pointing, not yelling, not, but, but just saying, Hey grandma, Hey dad, Hey mom, whoever it is, I, I, I can't continue. This relationship is not healthy for me. And I have got to take myself out of this relationship for a season so that I can get my head straight and breathe right. It is very difficult to get healthy uh, when dealing with generational issues if you stay plugged into those generational relationships. Now, I understand that, that these kind of moves are going to affect other people in the family. They're going to affect uh, family gatherings. Uh, everyone's getting together for 4th of July or everyone's getting together for Thanksgiving. And I can't participate in that because of the, what grandma does to me or what dad does to me. Other siblings may understand that or not understand that. Hey, that, that's not really my problem. My life is my life. And what this person has done to me or these people have done to me is what they've done to me. And in order for me to get healthy, in order for me to embrace the ways of the Lord and the fullness of who I am and God my Father, I got to take a break. I don't know, maybe the break needs to be permanent. I don't have any idea about your particular situation. That's where I would offer up to you. Uh, I would offer up to you the importance of having other counselors, other spiritual advisors be able to speak into your life with the specifics of what does it need to look like specifically uh, for you to remove this person from power. In the life of Asa, he had to remove her literally, literally off the throne. No mas grandma, get off the throne. Get off the throne. Now, remember, remember in this fourth step, you're not a little boy or a little girl anymore. This is not a six-year-old kid approaching an, an aged and mature grandmother. You are a grown adult. You're a grown woman. You're a grown man taking ownership for your life and holding people responsible for the things that they've done to you. You can do that in the power of the Holy Spirit as a blood-bought child of our Father with Jesus as your brother. So fourth, you got to remove the person from power. Fifth, you got to destroy their poison. You got to destroy their poison. Remember what Asa did. Remember what Asa did in our passage. I'm going to reread this. He cut down the image, he crushed it, and he burned it. Cut it down, crushed it, and burned it. 
those those phrases, those um, uh, words, those terms, those looks, those tones, those sayings, those nonverbals, those images, those feelings, and other associated traumas that you have in your life that you have been raised in, that have been spoken into your life, must be identified, uh, burned down, and crushed. Crushed and burned down totally eviscerated out of you. These are no longer a part of your life in the name of Jesus. These are no longer a part of your life. These are lies. These are fabrications. These are not true. This We must reject these with a fever passion that this is not who you are. And this person who wielded this stuff in your life is absolutely wrong. Asa was not playing around with the trash that his grandmother raised him in. Was not playing around with it. He wanted nothing to do with it. And, and neither neither should we. Neither should we. Sixth step, and we're almost done. Sixth step, and we're almost done. So first, embrace who you are and whose you are. Second, identify the people. Third, identify the generational issues. Fourth, remove the person. Five, destroy their, pers- their, their poison. Sixth, enthrone and embrace the love and truth of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Enthrone and embrace the love and the truth of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're going back up to number one. We're, we're reiterating number one because we got to wrap this entire thing. We got to envelop this entire thing in the love of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit because generational issues are powerful. They run deep. They run deep in our hearts and in our minds. They jack us up in so many different ways. The solution, the, the pathway forward is to relax back in, to accept the invitation from God our Father in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit to relax back in to his divine love and just soak and just soak. The Apostle John writes this, 1 John 4, 16, we have come to know and have believed the love which God our Father has for us. We've come to know and to believe the love that God our Father has for us. God is love. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Soak in love continually throughout the day. Throughout the day, take deep breaths and relax back into love. Adoption Adoption, your adoption, is a huge part of our salvation. The reason that Jesus forgave you of your sins is so that you could be adopted into the family of God. John chapter 1, 12 to 13, Romans 8, 12 to 17, Galatians 4, 4 to 7, Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, 1 John 3, 1 to 3. Many other scriptures speak to our adoption. You've been adopted into the family of God. And in order to be adopted into the family of God, you must be adopted out of, out of the family in which you were raised. Your deliverance from your generational line is inerrant in your salvation. There is absolutely, there is absolutely a way forward. And the path to generational freedom is about renouncing poison and embracing, embracing life, embracing life. Amen. A lot more to be said about generational issues. These can get very specific. And yeah, what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? That's why I'm encouraging you if you are um, uh, underneath a lot of generational poison that you find counsel, uh, pastor, Christian counselors, uh, brothers and sisters of the Lord, veterans in the Lord who can hear your story. Uh, Ask God our Father to lead you other scripture passages. Re-listen to the the previous two uh, uh, overflows. And I think that you're going to find all sorts of good biblical counsel and wisdom uh, that will give you guidance and direction forward. Man, I am I hate this for Asa. It just doesn't have to be this way. I hate it for you. I hate it for all of us who have had to battle uh, generational issues. Uh, may God our Father lead you, lead you to generational freedom. May you embrace who he has, is, and is making you to be. 
that you enjoy what he has for you to do. You are a beloved son, a beloved daughter of God our Father. You are a brother or sister of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you are a temple of the Spirit of God. This, brothers and sisters, is life in the overflow. If this has been helpful to you, I pray that you would uh, share it around on your social medias, uh, on all your different highways and byways. It is majorly helpful to us to have you all as you uh, enjoy and are blessed by this to spread it wherever you can. And then uh, also to help us and support our ministry and our effort to continually get messages like this out as much as we can. You can give to Trexo on our website, trexo.org backslash donate. Uh, uh, otherwise, may you go in the grace and, and grace, mercy, and peace of God our Father in the name of Jesus as we seek to live together in the overflow. Thank you for joining us in The Overflow. To find a blog connected to today's session where you can engage with Jim and others, go to trexo.org forward slash blog. This podcast is made available through the gracious giving of people just like you. If you would like to help us bring more people into the healing waters of our Father's love, you can do so at trexo.org forward slash donate. We will be back next week for another edition of Overflow.